Thank you, Sheila. Going to read to us. The baptism and testing of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit, spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. Jesus announces the good news. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hard men and followed him. Jesus drives out an impure spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Thank you, Lord, for those words. Thank you, Shema. Thank you. Well, I'm here this morning to ask you this question. Have you ever said to, and when you were perhaps parents, if you were parents, I can't be in two places at once? <laughs> Anybody said that? <coughs> well, I'm here this morning to tell you you can be. Mind you, some of you probably are right now. What are we going to have for dinner? You're thinking about that holiday on the beach. Or maybe you're somewhere else. I don't know, but I'm not asking you to confess at this moment. We were, we were on the, well, we were quite, weren't on the beach this last week. We've just had four days in Bournemouth and the weather was mostly pretty good and we walked along the prom quite often we didn't go on the beach, we didn't go swimming some people did but we didn't I thought no I won't but anyway we, you, know, you could be somewhere else while you're sitting here 
But I need to, to tell you this morning that you can be in more than one places. We're living in the overlap. The time has come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. That's how Jesus began his ministry, with that that invitation for repentance, but he said, the kingdom of God has come near. And Jesus sent out his disciples just to fish for men, but he told them later to go out and preach the kingdom of God has come near, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near, heal the sick, overcome demons, etc. He even said, raise the dead. I want to tell you this morning, right now, listen, the kingdom is here. Okay, we've got Prince Charles up here, his kingdom, we're all part of that kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is here. And if we don't believe that, we need to repent. Because Jesus is here, the kingdom of God is here, the Holy Spirit is here, the kingdom is here. The rule and the reign of Jesus is right here this morning in this building. And I've come to declare that. Jesus said as a preacher, I must declare that the kingdom of God has come near. And I'm telling you this morning, it has come near. But then Jesus also taught us to pray, and we've just prayed this prayer together, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is yet to come. So in a sense, we're in two places at once. The kingdom of God has come near, in the person of Jesus, the kingdom, your kingdom come now, and then finally when Jesus comes again. So, so the Christian, to the Christian, the one who believes in Jesus is in the kingdom of God, yet still in the world, the kingdom of this world. And this is what I put it up as a kind of picture. If we look at it, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. We live in the overlap of two kingdoms. We are in the kingdom of God because if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in his kingdom. He is our king. He rules over our lives. But we're also in the kingdom of this world. And we're very much aware of that. And again, in our prayers that Sandra led us and in the song we've just sung, we live in the overlap of two kingdoms. So we are in two places at once. Okay? We're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! And when we're in the kingdom of God, great things happen. But we're also very much in the kingdom of this world. And we're all very much aware of it and conscious of the problems that that arises. So there's tension between these two. Tension. And we feel it. We've expressed it in our praying. We've expressed it in other ways. There's tension pulling us in two directions at once. We're in the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of this world is very, very present indeed. These two kingdoms are opposed to each other. They are at war with each other. Let's be quite honest. We are in one big battle. 
um, very conscious of that in the kind of world we live in. The fact is that this building has only got 30 to 40 of us here. The world outside, the world which is under the devil's control, said Jesus, the world means all the human organizations, religions, politics, media, education, system, etc., that do not seek to follow the, the, the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and Jesus said that this world, that world described there, is under the domain of the devil. He said that, and he called the devil, Satan, the ruler of this world. We're in one big battle as Christians. If you're not aware of it, well, I'm sure you are aware of it. The tension is all around us. But Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Isn't that good news? <laughs> I came here to preach some good news, and I'm telling you, and Jesus told us, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you'll be in trouble. In this world, in this world, you're in trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So, friends, we're in this world. It is difficult. There are problems, personal problems, family problems, national and international problems. But Jesus said, don't, don't let it get on top of you. I have overcome the world. Now, I don't know what world situations you're experiencing, battling with problems, I don't know. But don't get over the top with it. Don't let it knock you down. Because Jesus said, I've overcome it for you. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. Three times Jesus, in John, Jesus speaks about the fact that he has defeated the prince, the ruler of this world, the devil. Jesus defeated Satan through his crucifixion and cross. And with the last hymn we says, but the cross of Christ reigns supreme over all things. So where we are, we're in this battle, we're living in two places at once. We're in the world, but we're in the kingdom of God. You remember Paul said, don't conform, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able, so that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I don't know about you, but the pressure of conformity is an enormous pressure. Government, people who disagree with certain ways of life, are under pressure to conform. You will do it our way. The government is now legislating and saying, this is the law. If you disagree, you are in for it. And sadly, so many Christians are experiencing that pressure, losing their jobs even, um, because they don't conform to the pattern of this world that the government is setting down. Um, but but uh, do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But there are tensions and battles, not just out there with the world, but I don't know about you, but they're also inside me. There's a problems inside me. The old nature battles with the new nature. But through the Holy Spirit within us, we can win the battle 
and have the victory. Ken is a nice person, but only sometimes. It depends with nature is ruling. Sometimes he can be flipping horrible. <laughs> but don't go to my wife and ask her what that is, please. You know, just have a cup of tea and forget it. But there's a battle going on within each one of us in Galatians. Paul says, the good that I want to do, I, or no, in Romans I think it's seven, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the bad things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And in Galatians he says, they're at war with each other, inside us. So there's a battle within us uh, that that world is, is within us because of our old nature. Um, but we can win the victory. We can have the victory. Um, I love the, the verse um, that, that Wesley wrote in one of his hymns. It says, He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. There's two things there. He cancels our sin by forgiveness but he then comes by his spirit to enable us not to sin again or not to do it again. He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. So this, that tension in battle is also within us. But there's another tension here. It's between the kingdom present and the kingdom to come. When the kingdom of God has fully come, then there'll be no more battle, no more pain, no more tears, no more death. The earth will be filled with the glory or the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. So there's another tension. It's between the kingdom present and the kingdom to come. Now Jesus said, pray that the kingdom will come, that God's will will be done. In Oak Ridge Road Baptist Church this morning, as well as in heaven. We need to be in that place where we're believing and expecting the kingdom of God to come. If we pray it, let's believe the kingdom will come. What might that look like? If the kingdom of God is to come here this morning, what might that look like? Well, our worship will be incredible, but also God's Spirit may come and convict us of our sins. When the Spirit comes, he convicts us of our sins. And Jesus said, you need to repent. When the kingdom comes, you need to repent. As I said, we need to repent this morning that we don't really believe that the kingdom will come or the kingdom can come. But what would it look like? Well, when the kingdom comes, Jesus is glorified. When the kingdom comes, people get healed. When the kingdom comes, people get saved. When the kingdom comes, um, there is... Uh, uh, reconciliation where there's conflict when the kingdom comes there's generosity when the kingdom comes there's peace justice mercy when the kingdom of God comes when Jesus comes there's some tremendous things happening and uh, um, the earth will be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea so, so there's a tension here it's the tension between what we experience now Yes, and what we shall experience if we're Christians when Jesus comes again or we arrive in heaven. But friends, there's a tension here as well within us because the kingdom is meant to come now. Okay? It's not meant to come simply then when Jesus comes again. Your kingdom come 
your will be done, we should put in the word now, as it is in heaven. I don't know whether you believe that, but the kingdom needs to come here this morning. So let's just go on a little bit. In the meantime, we're to pray and work and serve to see God's kingdom advance and make progress and take the ground that Satan has taken over. But there's something here. The kingdom of God operates with different values. I preached on this before. The world operates on the basis of you get what you earn. You get what you deserve. Some of you will have to go to work maybe tomorrow morning and you get paid for what you do. The kingdom of God basically is operating on another basis. In the kingdom of God you get what you don't deserve. You get grace, mercy and forgiveness. Because of the love of God and because of the death of Jesus. There's temptation to live back in the world or to go on an occasional uh, tourist trips and holidays back in the world. And we need sometimes to ask ourselves, where am I living? Where am I living? Am I living in the kingdom of God? Or am I living back in the world? Or what's the balance between that? How is my thinking being framed? Is it being framed by what I see on the television? Or is it being framed by what I read in the word of God? And I think there's a battle going on so often. You know, um, what is the advert? I don't know who adverts, and it ends up, you deserve it. Um, some advert for some product, you deserve it. Friends, we don't deserve anything. But by the grace and the love of God, we get forgiveness and mercy and new life, and we get heaven itself. So there's that tension. The fact of living in both kingdoms explains why every prayer for healing, problems to go away, etc. are not answered. We're not there yet. We're not there when every pain and every sickness and every illness and every problem has gone and disappeared. We do pray. We should see experience miracles. We should see some healing. I wouldn't say we should see some raising of the dead, but we should see God's Spirit at work, but we won't see it completely until Jesus comes again. When we stand firm for Jesus, we need to do so with grace and humility. When we say no to the world, to the kingdom of this world, and sometimes to the government, we need to do so with grace and humility. I was reading <coughs> a story again I read this morning. President Harry Truman in America <coughs> made a rule with himself that uh, whenever he wrote an angry letter, he would not post it for, I don't know how long it was, uh, a, a, a few days, he, he wouldn't post it um, until it, it's quietened down and it cooled down and, you know, he wasn't going to be angry, etc. Evidently, when he died, he had a drawer in his desk full of unsent letters that he didn't send because uh, um, he felt after he waited on it, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go angry, he wouldn't get, mm, get wound up. He put them aside. <coughs> we need to, be, uh, to, <coughs> to stand firm for Jesus with grace and humility. 
when we disagree with each other we seek to do so agreeably <coughs> I mean I'm always right and you're always wrong but that's just beside the point um, but we do, we do need to learn to forgive and to share together um, religions including Christianity have often been accused of brainwashing and mind controlling parliament is now into that in a big scale now some of what they say is good but not all at times we have to stand with Jesus and say, no, I disagree. And we have to bear the consequences. Um, we refer our questions to Jesus. What would Jesus do and what would Jesus say? We may not get immediate answers or detailed answers, but the principles which we, will, will guide us is through God's word. Following Jesus may not always be comfortable, but we were not called to be comfortable but to take up the cross. And just finally, when it gets tough, we seek the power of the Holy Spirit and find the, 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 the way of Jesus through the problem. And for many of our fellow Christians today, that means suffering. And it means the possibility of martyrdom. Just read two days ago, we read in one of our uh, prayer booklets with Barnabas Fund, of an entire family, including, I think it was three children, little children, um, blew up a church. I can't remember, in Indonesia, I think it was. Incredible. For some it will mean suffering. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And so, Lord, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Who, co who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes in Jesus is the Son of God. I don't know whether that's the last one. But the kingdom of God is near us now. Because Jesus is here with us through the Holy Spirit. So I want to end this morning just by saying to you, friends, the kingdom of God is here now. And I do need to ask you, do you believe that? And if you do believe it, let's receive it. Jesus said, I'm a, I was to be a preacher, he called me to be a preacher. And he said, go and declare the kingdom of God has come near. And I would like to pray with any of you that feel you have a problem, a need, an illness. Yesterday morning we were in town. I didn't do my chaplaincy on Friday because we were coming back from Bournemouth, but we went in yesterday morning. And Coralie got in, in one of the cafes. It's a Muslim cafe, but we go in there and we have our coffee. Well, it's Muslim-owned, anyway. And uh, we go and have coffee. And Coralie, I went to get the coffee, and Coralie, when I came back, was talking to a young couple, and they've got a little baby there, I think eight-month-old baby named Luca, and um, Coralie was talking and had, had come to realise that the little baby was deaf and the baby was going to have a cochlear implant. Do you know what they are? Cochlear implant, I think before the baby was one year old. And um, I can have it done in Oxford. And uh, But so I, I said to them, I don't know whether they were Muslim or what. He was Portuguese and she was... Hungarian, but I don't know whether they were Muslim. But anyway, I said, I'm a chaplain, can I pray with you? The kingdom to come.
And so we prayed for little Luca and for the family and for that relationship. I don't know whether they were married, the girl had got a family elsewhere, but the kingdom come. So let's just be still. So I declare to you, dear friends, this morning, that the kingdom of God has drawn near in Jesus. And through the Holy Spirit, the work of Jesus can be done. Right here. If anyone feels they have, we're not looking around, we're just with our eyes shut. If anyone feels they would like to just put their hand up and say, Yes, Lord, would you help me with this? Would you help me with that? Would you help me with whatever it is? Feel free to put your hand up. Nobody's going to be looking. Just put your hand up. God is the one who sees. We say, Kingdom of God, would you come now? Jesus, would you come now? And heal the sick. Deliver those that are bound. Provide for those that need provision. Bring peace. Shalom, peace. Where there's trouble or pain or hurt. Come Holy Spirit and make the kingdom real in each life, in each of us, so that as we go into this new week, we may do so as kingdom people, living under the rule and reign and love of Jesus. And by doing that, we share that kingdom love with others. And Lord, as a visitor of this church, I pray your blessing on the leaders of this church, on the members of this church, and on the congregation of this church. Those present here this morning, Father, bless them. And those not able to be here for various reasons, Bless them. And Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that where there's any spirit of despondency, any feeling that what's the point, I want to speak against despondency. I want to speak against anything that puts us down, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And let this church experience, Lord, a very positive hope, a belief that, Lord, you're going to do something new, because you are always doing things new. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill this church, its members and its congregation, with a living hope. Lord, we pray in your name 
you who died and rose again, you who ascended and is, is seated now at the right hand of the Father, you, Jesus, who overcame the prince of this world, the ruler of this world, and you judged him and you destroyed his work. Jesus, we declare you to be King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Amen.